0: Welcome to the Cops and Writers Podcast. On this show, you will learn how to write the best crime related novel or screenplay possible. Your host, Sergeant Patrick O'Donnell, worked the streets in one of the nation's largest police departments for over 25 years. Ride right along with O'Donnell and his expert guests as they help you navigate the oftentimes confusing and misunderstood world of law enforcement. O'Donnell and his guests on this show do not represent any law enforcement agency. The content of this show is not meant to be legal advice. If you think you need a lawyer, you probably do. Hey, Cops and Writers, thanks for being here with us today for episode 50. That's right, 50 of the Cops and Writers podcast. I'm Patrick O'Donnell, and I'll be your host for today's show. My first order of business is to thank those of you who are patrons of the show, most notably Kathleen Donnelly, Richard Dreybecki, J.K. Doan, and Kathleen Kavashik. Your generosity helps pay for the software, equipment, and my time producing this show. Yes, you too can become a patron for less than a cup of coffee or a pint of Guinness. Just go over to patreon.com forward slash cops and writers, all one word. I would also like to thank all of you who have purchased my books in the Cops and Writers series available on Amazon. Today's show takes us to Waukesha, Wisconsin, which is about 30 miles west of Milwaukee. Why, you may ask? Because that's where I live. Today's Today's show is going to be a special year in review Cops and Writers podcast. We say goodbye to 2021 and hello to 2022. I will also give you, my dear listeners, a peek into my private life. In today's episode, I will discuss some basic information about myself, why I'm doing this show, and the importance of looking back and moving forward. How the Tim Ferriss Show podcast number 559 559, forget New Year's resolutions and conduct a past year review. Instead episode pushed me into making some changes in my personal and professional life. Why I started the podcast in 2021 and didn't publish any books that year. Why I will scale down my consulting business, not give it up. My experience at the 20 books to 50k indie book conference this year in Las Vegas. Me dipping my toes into the fiction world again by writing a crime thriller this year. All this and more on today's episode of the Cops and Writers Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to my special solo show, "A Year in Review." Now, I already explained what I'm going to be doing this show in the at the top of this uh, program, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about myself in case you don't know me or I haven't met you, which is probably most of you. Uh, just to let you know, I was born on the South Side of Chicago from Irish immigrants from County Mayo. I wound up living in large cities such as Chicago and small towns in Wisconsin. My family moved to Wisconsin when I was in high school. I went to college at the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater, and I majored in sociology, had a minor in criminal justice, and I was thinking about becoming, well, I started college as a music major. And then I switched over to the world of law enforcement, criminal justice. That was my big thing. I wanted to become a cop. So lo and behold, it took about four years before I got on the department. And I worked for the city of Milwaukee for 25 years. I retired as a sergeant. I was a sergeant for 17 years. And I held a variety of jobs before I was a police officer or a sergeant. I worked in grocery stores, which actually funded my college education. I worked full-time when I was going to college full-time, which I do not suggest to anyone. (laughs) I missed out on a lot, but hey, I don't have any loans, so I did like that. But what happened was I graduated, I got married, I was engaged when I was in college, I got married right away, moved to Madison, Wisconsin, lived there for four or five years, somewhere in that ballpark. I worked in restaurants, I sold cars, I bartended, I did all kinds of different stuff. So it was a big welcome and a breath of fresh air when I became a cop because that was the first job that I had two days off in a row. Health insurance, paid days off. I thought I died and went to heaven. That was great. But anyways, I wind up uh, doing that and... I did that for 25 years. I retired in January of 2020, and like I told you before, I uh, threw bags for uh, Delta Airlines. I worked. I worked as a Uber driver. I also am an indie author. I have published five books, and in 2021, I sold uh, a little bit over a thousand books. That's including audio, paperback, Kindle. Most of my books that I sold were my last two in the Cops and Writers series. That probably accounts for about 80 to 90% of my book sales, just those two books out of five. But it's been a learning experience. All right, so it is 2022. It is time to look in the rearview at 2021. I do not believe in New Year's resolutions, and a good podcast to listen to regarding New Year's resolutions, all that kind of stuff, is the Tim Ferriss podcast. and It's number 559, and it's called Past Year in Review. And more or less, he tells us that what he does is he sits down and grabs just a steno pad and has two r- columns. And one is like the positives or the pros that happened in 2021, and then the negatives. And obviously you want to push the pros, you know, what's pushing the needle for you. And the negatives, take a look and see what's not working for you. And that could be business, that could be personal. If you need to get rid of somebody, not like kill them or anything like that. Just, you know, maybe it's time to cut somebody out of your life that's being toxic or you just don't want to be around anymore. You know, if it or they're a time suck, whatever that may be. So, I highly suggest that episode as the Tim Ferriss podcast number five five nine past year review. So, what I did was I looked at my life too and I did a little past year review and nothing too shocking. Probably some of the biggest things for me is I'm going to keep podcasting and see where that takes me. I'm going to do some different stuff with books and my consulting business, I'm going to scale back. I'm not going to get rid of it entirely, but it's a time suck. And I would have to charge a lot more money and I don't want to do that, but, and I'm not going to up my rates on my current clients. You know, what happens is they send me their manuscript. I go through it and tell, and tell them, you know, it's like, well, the police would do that. The police would not do that. You'd need a warrant for that. That would never happen in a 100 years. <laughs> so that's what I do there. So, as far as business wise goes, that's what I'm looking at doing. And I'm going to start writing fiction, hopefully a series. So, we'll see how that goes. But first, I want to thank all of my face, the people in my Facebook group. We're up to about 4,600 people. That's the Cops and Writers Facebook group. I really, really enjoy it. And I really appreciate all the good stuff, all the great questions you guys ask and all of my experts that are in the group that help out. And I especially want to thank my admins, Nick Russell, Sharon Rick, and Melissa Krackmeyer, and Adam Richardson. They're all my helpers and they volunteer their time. And I tell you what, I couldn't do it without them. And I just got to say, thank you. Again, I, I talked about my consulting business I'm going to scale it back. I'm not going to promote it, but if somebody wants help and wants to hire me, I'll, I will probably do it, but it all depends on what's going on. So a lot of people ask me, why start the podcast? Well, I enjoy doing it. This is like a big deal for me in 2021. You know, I've met so many interesting people doing this, you know, just chatting with them. And from a business point of view, the exposure is great. I think it kind of replaces a blog. I think that this is the new blog and it is doing nothing but growing. If you're thinking about doing this yourself, I tell you what, I, again, I think it's in its toddlerhood. It's not an infancy, probably like a toddler um, stage of life. So you got plenty of time. If you want to do it, you know, go ahead it opens business doors and it gives you credibility. Oh yeah, you're the guy that has the podcast you know I'd really like to be on that or you know whatever the case may be again, like writing a book gives you instant credibility having a podcast on top of that is also gives you even more credibility but there are some negatives it's a little bit of a time suck. you can really go down some rabbit holes doing this. Yeah, you have to learn some techie stuff. And if you're not a techie person, like kind of like me, you know, it's a little bit of a challenge, but you can do it. I think that, I think most people can. And the equipment is not expensive. I, I've i got a um, Samson microphone. It's a dynamic microphone and some uh Sony headphones. And I just use my MacBook Pro and I use Buzzsprout and I use GarageBand. With all of that, you know the the equipment itself was maybe three hundred bucks, and then the monthly cost depends on how much you produce. But it could be as low as twenty dollars. It could be as much as fifty dollars, or a lot more. It, it all depends what you want out of it. So, if you think you'd be a good fit on my podcast, go ahead and drop me a line, Sarge, at copsandwriters dot com. Also, if you're thinking about starting your own podcast, I highly suggest Pat Flynn's courses. Most of them are free on YouTube. He has a paid course as well. I believe it's called Power Up Podcasting or something like that. And I've heard nothing but good things about that. So that's something you might want to take a look at if you're looking at starting your own podcast. And if you just want to bounce something off of me, I'm more than happy to listen to you. So speaking of podcasts, This podcast, I started eh, late February of 2021, and it averages over a 1,000 downloads a month, and that's starting to pick up steam now in 2022. I'm really excited about that. In 2021, I've had some really good guests and some shows, I think, on the podcast, and I'd like to thank some of these people. Adam, (laughs) one of my best buddies, he is the guy behind... Adam Richardson is the guy behind the Writer's Detective podcast. He has the Writer's Detective School, a great course, and he's a good friend. We presented together in Vegas the last few years. He's just an all-around good guy, and he was my first guest on the show. So he was a good guy for me to kind of show me the ropes and help me out with my podcast, and I appreciate that. Jay Thorne has been on, Craig Martell, James Blatch, former KGB agent Jack Barsky, former CIA, NSA officer, and writer, Al Makatsu, Chris Fox, Richard Rybecki, the retired detective lieutenant from Chicago PD who shows us what the real Chicago PD looks like, Special Agent Gary Nessner. He was a retired FBI Special Agent Gary Nessner. He was best known for hostage negotiations and crisis type situations, and he was the lead negotiator during the Waco standoff with, with David Koresh. Ret- retired Chief Deputy Marshal Mark Cameron, who also writes in the Tom Clancy um, series of books. He's a great author, great guy, good friend, just an all-around good guy. Uh, FBI retired Special Agent Jerry Williams. She is a great friend of mine, podcaster. She's been a big help. And author, so go listen to her podcast, buy her book. Great, great person, and I can't forget the St. Patrick's Day episode with Marie O'Halloran. She that was a hoot, and I hope she's going to be around where I can do that again. I think that was a lot of fun. She's an Irish police officer. That was awesome. I've also been a guest on numerous podcasts in 2021. I haven't been on a lot of them years before that I have, and that was a part of building my brand. One of the biggest ones that I was on was Joanna Penn's The Creative Pen. I tell you, that was awesome. And if you're thinking about being a guest on a podcast or starting your own, check out her book, Audio for Authors. Now, all these books and these people that I'm plugging, I don't have any affiliate accounts with or anything like that. I just have read their work and or seen their um, work, and it's awesome. They're very very good. I highly highly suggest it. But when I was on Joanna Penn's podcast, that was that was a big deal, and I really enjoyed it. She's a great person. I was also a guest host on the Sell More Books Show with Brian Cohen and Claire Taylor. Thank you guys, and thank you Brian for your help with everything. I have hit him up more than one time, asking him questions about. Oh, the author business, ads, uh, just bouncing ideas off him, like, hey, what does this cover look like, whatever. And he's just been a good friend, and I really appreciate that. And speaking of podcasts, I have a few stats. 77% of my downloads have come from North America, and 14% Europe, 5% Australia, New Zealand. And I also have downloads in Asia, Africa, and South America top cities was Chicago, my hometown. Milwaukee, not too surprising. Atlanta, I only know a couple of people in Atlanta, so that's kind of surprising to me. And Sydney, New South Wales. That's kind of cool. All right. So I'm going to keep up with the podcast until I run out of guests or ideas. So I'll look forward to more guests and more shows this is uh, going to keep going in 22, and I think you guys are going to really love some of the stuff that I have planned. Sometimes I get these guests, and I'm like, holy cow, how did I get that guy or that gal? It's, it's pretty impressive. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I think you guys are going to enjoy it and get something out of it as well. Now, I do have some Facebook questions that the audience has asked me, so I'll go over to those right now. Okay. Okay. Anne Parker. Oh, uh, Ann was on my show. Follow me to Alaska. That's a great book. I highly recommend it. I would like to hear about your books, what you have learned as an author about book promotion, and how your life has changed since publishing. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> you know, I have the five books that I've published, and most of them are nonfiction that... The first three didn't sell all that great. I had one fiction book that was post-apocalyptic. So I kind of learned some of the marketing strategies uh, as far as fiction goes. And the nonfiction, I tell you what, just being out there and using your book kind of as a business card and giving you social proof, social credibility is huge. You know, as far as promotion goes, I run AMS ads I have the – and I don't go crazy on that. I don't spend a bunch of money. I don't know enough about it. I ran Facebook ads for a little bit, and I didn't get anything out of those. I lost money. Um, And I'm not poo-pooing Facebook. I probably just didn't do enough research, and I just don't have time. I wasn't interested. The podcast helps the books. You know, people know me. I do promote my uh, Cops and Writers books on my podcast, for now, I'm on Amazon exclusively. That might change. I haven't, I haven't uh, made that uh, choice yet. I haven't decided. Uh, so the Facebook group really helps. The podcast getting a little tribe together really helps. So that's the way I've been promoting my books and they all kind of feed off of each other. And how has my life changed since publishing? It's, it's a neat little chunk of money that pays for some of my bills every month. I mean, I'm not rolling in dough, but, you know, like last year in 2021, I sold eh, a little over a thousand books. And year to date, I probably have about, oh boy, what do I got? Four or 5,000, somewhere in that ballpark. So. Yeah. We'll be right back. Today's episode is sponsored by the thrilling audiobook, Avenging Adam, book one in the FBI canine thriller series, written by author Jody Burnett. Sparks fly between hotshot FBI agent Rick Sanchez and no-nonsense FBI canine handler Kendra Dean as they chase a ruthless serial killer. Witness an electrifying blend of suspense, romance, and redemption, where internal conflicts challenge our heroes as much as their target does. Will they catch the killer before it's too late? Grab Avenging Adam now. It's more than a story, it's an experience. Get 50% off the Avenging Adam audiobook at jody-burnett.com forward slash cops and writers. I'm not a millionaire by any any um, stretch of the imagination, but you know it's just kind of mind blowing that over a thousand people bought my books that I don't know, complete strangers. And then when a complete stranger leaves a review, that's even cooler. So always leave a review, guys. If you're listening to this and you enjoy books, help out your uh, authors, especially your indie authors, and show them some love and leave that review, please. All right, who else here? Michelle Cornish, I'd love to know the most common mistakes you saw writers make in crime fiction in 2021. Hmm. All right, as far as mistakes go, um, the, the, the most common, you know, off the top of my head, I would say is rank. Most police departments have very similar ranks. You start as a police officer or a sheriff's deputy. Then from there, you might get a promotion to corporal. Some places have that. And then from there, you're going to become a sergeant. And that's when you become a supervisor. From there, you can become a lieutenant. From you know, a sergeant is in charge of the cops who actually do the brunt of police work out there. That's one thing that you see in TV and movies, et cetera, where you have the one rogue detective that's running around saving the world and doing all the police work, whereas most of the time it's a police officer taking assignments from the dispatcher that's going to get involved in most of the police stuff. Running down bad guys in the middle of the night down a dark alley, 90% of the time that's going to be a cop. It's not going to be a detective unless they are a part of some specialty unit or it's a smaller department and sometimes detectives augment the patrol officers on the street answering calls. It happens. Rank really gets messed up sometimes. You know, a sergeant is a supervisor. A sergeant above are supervisors. Detectives in most departments are investigators. It's two different roles. They're equally important, but they are different roles. You know, you'll see TV shows where a detective is, you know, bossing around their boss, like a a sergeant or a lieutenant or a captain. That would never happen. Uh, Guns. There's a lot of misinformation about Guns you know you see where an officer or whoever has the gun is shooting somebody and they fall they th- they go backwards like twenty feet that doesn't happen most of the time when somebody gets shot, they crumble just like you think of just just crumble to the ground I've seen it, so that happens um, most caliber guns that are used in police work pistols they they're not going to fly out of your hand. They're not going to jump out. If you have a good grip, and it's not a death grip, you're not trying to choke it, it just it bounces back a little bit, a little bit of a kickback. So if you're going to write scenes about guns, and you want to get kind of get into the weeds, I highly suggest going to a range and firing some guns. Uh, most are very friendly. If they're reputable, be very safe. And then you uh, will have a little bit better idea of what a gun actually does. And... They do not have unlimited bullets like you see in the movies. <laughs> all right. Uh let's see here. I went over the boss thing as far as we all have bosses, even that rogue detective that's breaking all the rules to solve the case. No, well, we all have bosses that we answer to. Even the chief of police, there's usually a civilian oversight committee like a fire and police commission, or there is going to be a mayor or town, whatever the case may be. Everybody's got a boss that we have to listen that we answer to. So that's another thing that you see that boy just yeah, that's and also the one thing that I see a lot is the one detective that is doing all of the work on the case by themselves. You know, they're living it, breathing it. And I'm not gonna say that there are detectives out there that are very hardworking, and the first, say you catch a homicide or a robbery, and if the trail is hot, you keep going until the trail gets cold or you arrest them, whoever it is. So usually that doesn't happen. Sometimes it does. It all depends where you're at and how much crime is going on. So that's usually a misnomer. You know, it's a team effort, and you're going to have detectives, plural, working on things that doesn't mean there isn't a lead detective that's going to do a pretty good chunk of the work but they're not entirely by themselves and a good boss if they see a detective that's completely overwhelmed is going to try and get them some help so that's that all right that's the common mistakes among many fallon rains s where is your podcast going hmm since you mentioned it, lol. And how do you like the Patreon platform? Uh, the podcast it just is keep on uh, chugging along. I, I plan on doing it for 2022, and we'll see how much momentum I uh, pick up, and we'll just go from there. How do I like the Patreon platform? I like it fine. Just remember to give something to your people that are patrons, even if it's a thank you. You know, they can... I think mine is, it starts out at one or $2 a month or $3, something like that. It's not a lot of money and it could go all the way up to 20 or as much as you want to give, you know, at the highest level, I, I will do a half hour zoom call and answer any questions that you got. So it helps. And the Patreons, the patrons from Patreon really are a huge help to me because that keeps me going. That keeps the podcast going literally and it helps with all the uh, software and any kind of equipment that I might need etc it adds up and it, I'm very very appreciative of it and it's it's pretty easy to manage let's see here curious how about it how it works just set up a patreon page and you're going to have a link and start pitching it but like I said before you know even if it's mentioning their name on the air or if you have a book and you're going to use patreon maybe uh Uh, a prequel or a sequel something that give them something you got to give them something or maybe a free ebook you know claudia van Gee can you talk about retired detectives who come back to work cold cases do they work for free i have never seen that if you're retired you're retired carrying a gun yes we can they are citizens just like anybody else And there's two different avenues that law enforcement can take. One is, or you can do both. You could get a CCW permit if your state allows such a thing and you're just like any other citizen. And there's also something that we call an H.R. 218. That is legislation that was drafted back during George W. Bush's presidency that allows retired police officers to carry a firearm without the restrictions that a CCW has, for the most part. I mean, I can't go into divorce court—God, I don't want to go through that again—with my gun on me. You know, that's not going to happen. Or an airplane. You know, there's certain places where I can't. But if a business has gun-free zone or something like that, I can go in there with my gun. Now, with that, there's added responsibility and cost. You have to qualify every year with said pistol— whereas if you have a ccw that's a carrying concealed weapon permit you you just pay x amount of money and you just keep on renewing your ccw whereas with the hr218 you have to prove you can actually shoot this gun accurately you go through a course of fire that the same it's the same course that the police officers that are active or detectives that are active on active duty it's the same course of fire that they have to go through so, you know, you start out shooting in Wisconsin, you know, you're shooting at a close distance. Then you're shooting with one, your left hand, your right hand. Then you're shooting behind barricades. You have to clear malfunctions. And I think the furthest I had to shoot was 75 feet. I just requalified for my HR 218. Uh oh, when was that? That was eh, a couple of days before Christmas this year. And I scored a hundred. So I was pretty happy with that. And my firearm that I have for off-duty is a SIG P365 9mm. That's a very popular one. Okay, how much leeway do they have when talking to a suspect? In my my story, a cold-case detective goes to a suspect's home, talks to her in the driveway, and catches her off-guard. We could talk to you pretty much wherever we want to. Now, if you're retired, like I said before, I seriously doubt they're going to be working the case. Um, I don't know why you would, but a detective that is on duty, they can certainly talk to somebody in their driveway. That doesn't mean they can break down the person's front door unless they have reason to, you know, just so they could talk to them. You know, if they're not a suspect and there's no probable cause for arrest, they can't detain somebody. So you have to be very careful about that. But thank you, Claudia, for the questions. Thanks all of you guys for the questions. That's awesome. Looking back on 2021, one of the biggest things that happened with me was the 20 Books to 50K conference in Vegas. I tell you what, what a bunch of fun. Oh, my Lord. That was just a blast. You know, the biggest part of these conferences, you know, there were so many good people who gave talks. You know, this is Craig Martell and Michael Landerley's baby. And so much work went into it. And it's just so much fun to be a part of, and being there, and being around your your posse, your tribe. It's just a blast, and it is kind of surreal for people to come up to you. Again, if you have the podcast or the books, it's like, oh, you're the cop guy. You know, I got that when I was at my first <laughs> twenty books to fifty k um conference in Vegas, and it's pretty surreal. It I it kind of blows me away a little bit that. You know, it's like, oh, people are listening. Okay, people are buying my books and are paying attention. And I really, really appreciate it. Anybody that came up to me and said hi, you know, that's fantastic. But it's so nice to be able to sit down and have a drink with some of these people and talk about books and talk about police stuff. You know, especially Kay, Lois, Adam, my partner in crime, Jody and Chris Burnett. Oh, my God. (laughs) We had so much fun. And then I found myself having a beer with Mark Dawson, James Blatch. A bunch of other just indies that you know they're pretty big in the biz and you're just sitting down and having a beer with them it's it's a ton of fun you know i highly highly it. 20 books to 50k vegas it's you get so much out of it and i i really really appreciate uh, the exposure and meeting all these people and just having a good time you know lay your hair down a little bit well i don't have a lot of hair but it's just a blast I, you, you know you might find yourself smoking cigars and drinking beers with people you never met before and playing crafts till 3 in the morning right chris all right and also we had the law enforcement panel that was Kathy Bennett Scott Moon Paul Bishop and Adam Richardson that was a lot of fun and got a lot of good um feedback with that and we filled the room, which always makes me happy when I see that room fill up. It's I feel like we did something right. So that was that. What does the future hold for 2022? I don't know. Uh I am going to start a new fiction series. It is gonna be the genre is gonna be uh crime thriller vigilante. So we'll see where that takes me. You know what? I think I've talked long enough and I appreciate everything in 2021, all the friends, all the, the good times, and the business. I, I really appreciate it. And I'm really looking forward to 2022. I think it's going to be a great year, and we've got a lot of good stuff on the horizon. I'm going to end it here. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Cops and Writers Podcast. If you haven't done so yet, could you please take a minute and rate and review the show on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts? If you have already, thank you. As always, thank you for all of your support. And of course, let's be careful out there.